Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey, especially for women who are rebuilding their lives after abuse. I'm coming to you kind of early in the morning, the very last day of September. My goal each month is to record at least two podcasts. And last month and this month, I recorded on the final day of the month and got in just in the nick of time. (laughs) Setting goals is a really important um, and effective way to reach goals because when we speak them out loud, we write them down, we share with a friend what our goals are, we are so much more likely to hit our goals. So here we are at the final day of September. I'm coming to you early in the morning, barely awake, hoping my dogs don't bark. It's pretty amazing to me that I've recorded um, almost 60 episodes of the podcast and I think my dogs have only barked like during one. (laughs) So I think that's pretty amazing. So I try to get them settled in and uh, comfortable before I start recording, but you never know when a neighbor's going to walk by or um, something's going to draw their eye outside the window and they're going to bark. So here we are at the end of September and we are getting ready to walk into October, which is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. So if you follow me on Facebook at Heather Elizabeth, or if you follow um, Honor Project Movement, the page, if you are in Held and Healed, you will see um, more posts this month. Um, I don't know more posts than usual because I do post every single day, but there's gonna be a focus on education. There's gonna be a focus on helping to raise awareness My hope is that people who don't typically interact will be willing to interact this month and just learn a thing here or there. I did not know a fraction of what I know about domestic violence. I did not know two years ago. So I thought today during this podcast, I would just focus on two years, two years of held and healed. So on September 12, we celebrated our second anniversary of the group that I launched September 12 of 2020. That was a year that the world went sideways. That was a year that things began to spin faster and faster out of control. I believe that many things have been out of our control for a very long time. But 2020, 2021, and 2022 have opened our eyes to realize, uh, if we didn't know it before, we realized that there are some forces at work, there are some things that go on behind the scenes, We will probably never fully know the truth. I don't know that we could handle the full truth. And I think many of us begin digging. We begin digging for answers. We begin digging for revelation, whether that was in our world and what was happening in the world around us, whether that was in our institutions of religion. We started to see things that maybe our eyes were not open to see before. We started to see things inside of our family systems. There was just a lot that has been revealed in the last two and a half years. And for me personally, the journey into education and advocacy for abuse survivors has been intense. There's no way that I could calculate how many hours I have spent uh, reading, listening to podcasts. I did the Give Her Wings Academy, which was a weekly lesson. And that was anywhere from an hour to an hour and a half of research and education. 
I think it would be safe to say at this point that in the last two and a half years, I have dedicated thousands of hours to understanding the realities of domestic violence, understanding the realities of spiritual abuse, understanding the realities of childhood trauma, understanding the realities of sexual abuse that for many people began in their childhood and laid a foundation for their teen years, entering into marriage and even their marriages. And then what the church often does to reinforce the abuse. I have a post that got a lot of traction yesterday on Facebook, and I hope I can quote it directly. I did not give myself notes today. I am just speaking from my heart on my couch, no notes. Something around the, something to the tune of exposing, and here we go, here we go. No, no, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. I figured that was going to happen. The neighbors are walking to school. It's okay, baby. It's okay. <laughs> um, I'm trying to think of the quote right now. Um, exposing abuse within faith communities does not mar God's reputation. Enabling and hiding abuse, quote unquote, for the sake of God is what mars his reputation. So when we are in an institution that bears his name, churches mainly, or schools that are Christian schools, this is happening a lot, and we are saying, we're going to hide this. We're going to sweep this under the rug. We're going to deal with this in-house. If we have a family system that's doing that, and we're saying we're doing this for the sake of God's reputation, that is 100% BS. And I'm calling that out. God's reputation does not depend upon us. God is who God is. God is good and God is just and God is righteous. And covering up abuse is not just and covering up abuse is not righteous. Stop it, stop it, stop it. So I think a lot of people think that I hate on churches. Um, Actually, it's the opposite. I love what the church is supposed to be, what the church was designed to be, what the church was created to be, an extension, an extension of the gospel, a place where people could come and be loved and be received, be healed and be protected. And that is not what many churches are. This week, I did a really big just cleaning house of removing some people from my social media who are just lurkers. And if after two and a half years of posting about the realities of domestic violence and the realities of spiritual abuse, if these spiritual leaders who are part of my past, part of my history, have never interacted, have never commented, have never sent me a private message, their silence speaks volumes to me. Their indifference speaks volumes to me. Their ignoring when I have sent them resources or information speaks volumes to me. What I hear in the silence is we do not care. We do not want to hear from you. We are bothered by you and we are shaking in our boots a little bit that you're going to expose us. That's what I hear in the silence. I am not expecting apologies. I am not expecting people to come to me and be like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. But it would be amazing if on occasion there would be some interaction, some sense that they care, some sense that 
they hear the cries of women all across the world who are coming forward and saying, this happened to me. This happened to me in an institution. And when I post about spiritual abuse and I post about how survivors of abuse have been harmed further in church, and then someone comes underneath that post and says something like, oh, not all churches are like that, or there are so many good churches, it completely negates the message. It completely gaslights all the people who have been harmed. (laughs) It misses the point, misses the point. So if you are a spiritual leader out there who does really, really want to know better and do better, I poured my heart and my soul, I poured my heart and my soul into creating what is called the Safer Spaces Summit. Why safer and not safe? Okay, here's why. Because on this earth, no person can promise any space, any person to be completely safe. I can't promise that. But what we can strive for, what we can move towards is safer spaces. But there are things that we have to do in our homes, in our schools, in our churches, in our workplaces, in the medical system. There are things that we have to do to become safer. And so I poured my heart and my soul back in the winter months into the early spring to create the Safer Spaces Summit. And I thank every person who supported that original event and showed up and supported financially, supported with your time and your energy, because an event of this caliber with this many speakers does cost. It costs to pull it off, right? And so now I have chosen to greatly reduce the price because I want to get it into the hands of many, many people, and I don't want finances to be the barrier. And so I now have two options. There's a $50 tier and there's a $100 tier. The product is no different. It's just whether or not you are able to give $50 or $100. I know many survivors, even $50 is quite a stretch. But those of you who are in a better place financially or a ministry, please support at the $100 level because it enables me to continue the work that I'm doing inside of the group. Uh, Many of you do not know this, but I pour hours and hours into that group every single day. It is a labor of love. I am constantly going out and looking for resources, vetting resources, um, doing a deeper dive to just see if these people are who they say they are, and then sharing some of my favorite content with the group. I also do a lot of coaching behind the scenes and interacting in Messenger. Um, I am limited in how much energy I can pour into this. Um, Another thing I haven't really shared or spoken about recently is the last year of my life, I have struggled a lot with my health again, and this is after um, seven years. I'm I'm into year seven right now, getting ready to hit the seven-year mark since my health took a really big turn, and I wasn't sure if I was going to come out of it. So for about six years, um, about five and a half, I fought, 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 did all the things, tried all the things, and then I had a couple of months where I was starting to feel normal and had some energy and had less pain. And then I think about a year ago, it all came to a screeching halt and I started to decline with fatigue and a lot, a lot of um, pain and memory and focus issues, just all the things I've been struggling with. So I think 
that what I'm dealing with right now is related to hormones, but it, it doesn't actually matter. It's just, it matters. But regardless of what is going on inside my body, the reality is, is that I have limited, very limited amount of energy every day. I have a couple good hours in the morning that I can be up getting things done and then I crash very hard in the afternoon. Sometimes I'm able to revive and get another hour or two in in the late afternoon, early evening, but this is just my reality right now. So most of what I do, most of what I post is from my couch (laughs) and I am super, super grateful that I can do that, that I have the um, technology at my fingertips to do that is still a labor of love. So your uh, support of any of my coaching, your support of um, the Safer Spaces Summit, even giving to uh, the nonprofit, the Honor, um, Honor Project Movement, all of those things enable this work to continue and be sustainable. So if you have not yet checked out the Safer Spaces Summit, I will add the link. I was just blessed to host and to organize that event. And I hope I can remember everybody on the fly right now. We had Sarah McDougall talking about the patterns and systems of abuse. I was there to share resources upon resources upon resources, which is one of my favorite things to do, as you know. Dale and Faith Ingram of Speaking Truth and Love Ministries spoke about the realities of sexual abuse within faith communities. Neil Shorey's uh, video will be added soon. That was one we had to record later because of an emergency he had the weekend of the summit. He talks about safety and how pastors, what they need to be looking for, and shares some of his experience of what he knew, if he knew now what he knew then. We also had Gretchen Baskerville helping us to understand the life-saving divorce and what that looks like inside of faith communities. Clara Hinton came to us and shared about being a pastor's wife and enduring abuse at home behind closed doors and that reality. And I know that many, many leaders are not who they, behind closed doors, they're not who they are in public. And so many, many pastor's wives um, are in my life and I interact with them and we have to keep their identity um, secret because, yeah. They're just not ready to come out and their livelihood will be, well, I say their livelihood will be shut down, but you know, sadly, a lot of churches won't, won't stop paying a pastor who's abusive. But for some of these women, their livelihood and their support and how they take care of their children would be, you know, brought to a screeching halt if the realities of who their husband is, is revealed. All right. Who else do we have? Cindy Burrell. She has written an amazing book that everyone in faith communities should read um, just the better way to deal with abuse within faith communities. And she shares 10 things you should know. Okay. So is that everybody? I feel like I'm forgetting someone. I'm sure I'm forgetting somebody. Cindy, Sarah, Joy, Joy Forrest of Called to Peace Ministries talks about trauma and what that does to the body. Rebecca Davis, our untwisting scriptures friend. She comes and talks about untwisting scriptures that have been used to harm. Okay, so let me go down the breakdown. So I share Clara, Rebecca, Sarah, the Ingrams, Gretchen, Cindy. Am I forgetting somebody? Neil. 
Is that everybody? I think that's everyone. So that summit is, I believe, 10 hours of content that you can do over time. If you would like to get it for a small group or for your church ministry team or for, you know, a group of, you know, more than five people, reach out to me and I will get you an even deeper discount. I'll give you a code and I'll just collect the email addresses of the people that you wish for it to be sent to and I'll make sure we get you the best deal possible. So um, that is that is one thing that we did in the year 2022 just to educate leaders. To those who have ears, let them hear. And I do not have, it, it's, it's sad to me. Um, at this point in my memory, I'm, I'm trying to rack my brain right now because I could be, I could be forgetting someone. But as far as I can recollect right now, there's not a single ministry leader, pastor in my past or in my history who has expressed interest in this information. That breaks my heart. That crushes my heart. I have chosen at this time not to call out specific churches or specific leaders by name. Partly because I don't have the energy, the capacity, the bandwidth, the spoons to deal with the, the, the backlash that would come from that, okay? I will one-on-one, if people ask me about a specific uh, church in our community or a specific leader, I will share if I know specific things firsthand or from a trusted source, I will share concerns one-on-one. But I have chosen at this time not to publicly call out a specific institution, a specific person. But if you are someone from my past who has been a spiritual leader in my life and you have never asked me questions, if you have never told me that you are grieved by what has happened to me, whether it was something you did to me personally or something that the institution that you're a part of did to me, um, my message is I'm here. My message is I am ready to talk. I don't expect anyone to be perfect, but when harm is done, it would be wonderful. It would be wonderful for people to own that. And even if you did things in ignorance, even if you did things because you felt you had no other choice, because someone else was calling the shots, you're an adult. You're an adult. And when you stand before God, you will give an account for what you've done. And the person that quote unquote made you do X, Y, and Z, they will be held accountable for what they did. But it won't be enough to say, well, so-and-so told me I had to. One institution that I was a part of for a very, very long time, and I'm sure it's not the only one that operates this way, is there was someone at the top and there were a lot of yes men and a lot of yes women. And if you wanted to keep your position, if you wanted to keep your job, if you wanted to keep your paycheck, you had to do what this person told you to do. So there are a lot of people in our community that have been harmed because of one person that sat at the top and played God in the lives of many, many people. So, um, <laughs> sorry, but you're an adult. And even if someone told you to do it, you still had a choice. You didn't have to harm people. You didn't have to, um, yeah, I'm not going to keep going on about this, but if you're out there and you happen to listen to or watch what I post and you want to know better and do better, I'm here. I'm here. 
and it would mean a lot to me to hear from you. So I wasn't, I wasn't planning to get into all that. It just kind of is on my heart a lot this week. Um, there are some people that I've chosen to unfriend on social media. There's some people I've chosen to block entirely. There are some people that are still there as friends, but I don't feel that they're actually my friends because they haven't once, they haven't once reached out to me in the two and a half years that I have been sharing and pouring out from my heart and saying this reality is out here. <laughs> there are so many people who've been harmed. I want to be a part of the solution, not part of the problem. I'm not a church hater. I'm not a God hater. I'm not a Bible hater. I'm not a man hater. I am an abuse hater. I hate abuse and I hate the ongoing ramifications, the residual ongoing effects of abuse that happen and get passed on from generation to generation. So that is what led me to launch Held and Healed because there are countless other women who have been through what I've been through. And the day that I realized, oh, my story is not so unique. My story is not so special. That light bulb went on and I said, there are so many other women that need to hear that they're not by themselves. And I shared, you know, that we reached over 20, sorry, over 3,200 members and held and healed this month. It's not even scratching the surface, not even scratching the surface. And we've reached over 12,000 plays of the podcast. It's not just about numbers. What those numbers represent to me are people, individuals, mainly women who have now felt seen heard, understood, and validated probably for the first time in their lives. I hear that over and over again inside the group. Oh my goodness, I'm not alone. Oh my goodness, somebody understands me. Nothing motivates me and keeps me going in this work more than just knowing that people are feeling loved and seen and validated for the first time in their lives. It breaks my heart that there are that many that need these resources, but the reality is these resources are needed. And I'm just grateful for every person who, despite the past and despite the pain and despite the betrayal that they have experienced in other faith communities, that they're willing to even come into a group, even if it's to kind of watch like a fly on the wall. Some women, it's not even safe for them to interact. They can't even like a post or comment because it could put them in danger. But they can read and they can feel seen and they can feel heard and they can message me privately and tell me that. So um, just a whole lot, just a whole lot of emotion, a whole lot of gratitude today. I want to say thank you to every person who encourages and prays for this ministry. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Some of you I will probably never meet this side of heaven Some of you I will meet online. Some of you are there for me in the moments when my world is falling apart and I can't even pick myself up and I just want to say thank you. Thank you for loving me and loving other survivors. To those who choose to know better so they can do better. To those who take Give Her Wings Academy so they can become educated. Thank you, thank you, thank you for investing your time and your energy. And if you are out there and you really just want to learn about this and you want to do a better job of caring for the women in your life, Give Her Wings Academy is an amazing way to get the education. They launch every spring and every fall a new group. So if you're interested in more information about that, let me know. 
and I will connect you to them. It was an incredible experience for me. If you are a survivor who's just newly escaping, it may be a bit much. You may want to wait until you've been out for a year or two and have done some counseling and things like that. But if you are on the other side and you are ready to just jump in to learn, to absorb from some of the most amazing human beings in this realm, this would be great for all ministry leaders. I feel like every church should require a program like this. Not just once, you know, like take it for the year, buy the access to the videos, and then go back and watch one video a month as a refresher. This is my plea. (laughs) This is my plea. I do not want all churches to shut down, but I do want churches that are abusive and corrupt to shut down. I'll say that. If you have a church that is doing good and doing the work of Jesus Christ and loving people well and exposing sin and exposing abuse and telling wolves they're not welcome and telling victims and sheep that have been wounded by wolves that they are, God bless you. I pray that you will rise as an example to other churches. But if you are corrupt, if you are hiding abuse, if you are taking from people, if you are financially abusing people and coercing and manipulating them to put money in the offering when they don't even have money for their basic living expenses. Shame, shame on you. Shame on you. If you hear about the realities of abuse within your church and you run from it, hide from it, deny it, ignore it, you will give an account. That's just truth. You will give an account. God's word has so much to say about abuse and abusers. And God's word tells us to have nothing to do with these people. If you're coddling them because they put a big check in your offering, shame on you. I don't know if I've ever spoken this boldly before, but here I am. If you love people well and you are willing to take care of spiritual widows and orphans and do the work of the gospel, God bless you. I would love to hear from you. If you're one of those leaders and you really don't have the 50 bucks or the 100 bucks right now and your church ministry is spread so thin because you're really doing gospel work and taking care of feeding the hungry and clothing the naked and you don't have the 10, I mean, sorry, the 50 or the 100 bucks in your budget, message me. If you are legit taking care of people and you just don't have it, I will make sure you get this resource. I'm passionate about getting this resource into the hands of good people. So what can I say? Two years of held and healed, two years of um, the group, two amazing retreats. It was just beautiful to come together. September 9, 10, and 11 for the second annual held and healed retreat. 40 women from 10 or 11 different states. That's amazing. As far away as Iowa and Indiana and Florida. They came to Virginia. It was one of the most peaceful events that I've ever participated in. I was sitting there Saturday. There was a really gentle rain that was falling. And we were in in a barn that had the doors open. So it was kind of like an indoor-outdoor. We were sheltered from the rain, but we could feel it, and we could smell it, and we could see it, and we could hear it. And I just sat at my table and just soaked in this overwhelming sense of peace, 
how can it be that 40 women who have been through hell on earth, how could it be that those women could come together in this space and feel so much peace? Well, that's where the peace that passes understanding plays in. It doesn't have to make sense. But we came together with our common ground. We came together because we love Jesus. We love others. Despite everything that we have been through, we have remained. We have remained these incredible women who still want to love well, who still want to love big, who still want to go out and take care of the whole world, even when our world is falling apart. I mean, it just absolutely blows my mind the strength the goodness, the compassion, the wisdom that was represented in that place. Some are in the absolute thick of it right now, just leaving horribly abusive situations. One lady shared that when she came a year ago to the first retreat, she came to learn so she could be a better helper. And then as we went through the 13 patterns and systems of abuse, she's like, check, 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 check. She came back this year, five months separated from a horrendously abusive relationship marriage. And she is on her own road to healing now. Other women further along in their journey, some just now beginning to start the process of separating and divorcing. We came from just different and yet very similar experiences. So I'm grateful to the ones who hosted this event, Bill and Tina Johnson at the lake at Cedar Hill have graciously allowed us to use their space for the last two years and have agreed to allow us to use it again in 2023. And the week after I reached out to Sarah McDougall, my friend and yours, and she has agreed to be our featured speaker in 2023. So if you um, are anywhere near Virginia, or if you're not near Virginia, September, I believe it's 8, 9, and 10 of 2023 will be our third annual retreat. And we will have Sarah here, and we will draw from and learn from her experience, her wisdom, and it's going to be amazing. I'm so excited to be able to offer that. Space is limited, so I would register sooner versus later. If you register and then something happens down the road and you are not able to attend, your registration can be used as a scholarship for another woman. So there's not a whole lot of risk there. You or someone else will get blessed. So I would go ahead and hold a spot and start making travel arrangements. There are Airbnbs around here and ways to make this more um, economical. You can load up uh, a vehicle with people from your community, split the gas, split the Airbnb, and come and just soak in the experience of being surrounded by the beauty of mountains and valleys and rolling hills and farmland, and then the goodness of God that comes when we, we gather. So two and a half years later, here we are. I want to give you a little update on Honor Project Movement because, wow, in September, we were able to raise enough funds to support our first domestic violence crisis response group, as well as our first divorce financial foundations group. So 
I am doing pilots of these groups, have not opened it up to the general public yet, but I've just reached out to different women who were part of the retreat, part of different coaching courses that I have had in the past, and we are ready to launch both groups, one in mid-October and one in November, and I just want to thank every person who has donated so far to the Honor Project movement. Your gift, your donation is tax deductible, and I am looking for some big sponsors to help us finish out this year. We would like to fund more of these groups, and we also are ready to start raising support for our Christmas Blessings campaign. Uh, that has been a beautiful thing that we've done the last two years. The first year we did Amazon wish list for mamas and kids, and we were able to choose gifts from their wish list and have them delivered to their door so that mothers could give gifts to their kids from them. Last year we did, um, what did we do? Oh, we did a local event last year and, um, Someone sponsored that event, and we were able to bless 10 local fam- local mamas with a dinner and with gifts that she could have, because it's really important that mamas have gifts, right? So this year, we're either going to be doing um, gift cards and or the local event, and we are going to need several thousand dollars to pull this off. So if you are someone who right now could send two grand the campaign would be fully funded, right? Or we could just extend the campaign. If you are someone who can give $5, thank you. We will be grateful for any and every gift. And I will attach the link for the donations. And at any time, your gifts are welcome. And you also can help to support the ongoing work, the operational cost. Um, Anyone who's running a nonprofit knows that you have to have some things in, in motion. You have to have some things um, set up to keep the wheel a spinning. So thank you to every person who has made this possible. We have we have some big goals for 2023. We want to do more of the crisis response groups. We want to do more of the financial coaching groups. And we're also um, hoping to introduce a regulate and recovery group with Luke and Lauren Smallcomb. So just look forward and um, be watching for the details of how you can support that. Your gift at any time is welcome. And it's so crazy to me how I have been sitting here thinking that I didn't do much this month. Isn't that just how the enemy works on us? And then today when I went to write a thank you post about all the ways that your support has enabled survivors to find hope and healing, whether it was through the retreat and the 20 scholarships that were given, whether it was for the domestic violence response group or the financial coaching group or locally. Just on my personal page, we raised enough funds to get a mama gift cards and groceries as she is setting out and starting her life over. And then probably a hundred other details in between that I can't even think of right now. That has all happened just in the month of September. (laughs) So I'm here to say, if you're someone who has given financially, if you're someone who has given of your time, your energy, if you have prayed, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And if you are like me and you are limited in your energy and your health kind of keeps you from doing all the things you think you want to do, 
Know that your identity and your worth is found in who you are, not in what you do. And even when you think you're not doing much, you probably are. are. So just be um, comforted today and knowing that your heavenly father sees you and he knows you and he loves you deeply. And if you are in a place where you are suffering physically, financially, relationally, spiritually, he sees you. He is the God who sees. So I would love to just close us out with a word of prayer. If that is something that you are not comfortable with, um, you're welcome to just bow out at this point. Thank you for your time, for listening. But for those of you who would like to join me, Father, I come to you at the close of September. I come to you, Father, with a heart that is filled with gratitude. I am overwhelmed right now as I look back over this month and I think of all the different women that I have had the honor to interact with, the ones that I have been able to see face-to-face, the ones that attended the retreat that traveled many, many miles to be here. As I think about our group and the thousands of women that have found us, as I think about this podcast and the thousands of people who have listened to one episode or many episodes, Lord, it's not about numbers, but it is. Because every heart that feels seen and heard and understood and validated is precious to you. And if we can be a small part in helping these women to feel loved, what an honor it is. What an honor it is to be your hands, your feet, your heart, your voice. I ask God that any person who is listening right now, those who find themselves in the depths of despair, those who find themselves in darkness, bring them, Father, to a place of light. Surround them, God. Raise up godly men, godly women who are informed or who are willing to become informed about abuse, about trauma. Shut the mouths of anyone who would speak blame or shame or hold a victim responsible for their abuser's harm. Oh God, help us to be wise with our words. Help us to edify and lift up one another. Help us to have courage to stand against abuse and abusers, to take a very strong stand as you do. Help us to have your heart. Help us to not be afraid to confront evil, but to expose it, to bring it into the light. That is compassion. That's compassion for the abuser and compassion for the victim. I pray, Lord, for any leaders, any spiritual leaders who are choosing to ignore, to hide up, to cover or enable abuse, Lord, that you would convict their hearts. It's not too late. It is not too late to do the right thing. I pray for true repentance that seeks restitution, not just words, not just lip service, but willingness to do all the things it takes to make people feel safe and heard and seen. I pray for funds to be released for coaching and counseling and mental health resources to help victims. I pray that churches would have a desire to use their funds to help people heal. I ask God for provision as we close out this year for our nonprofit, for other nonprofits that surge, that serve and take care of those who are hurting God, just provide, release the funds. Lord, we know that they're out there. We know that someone has the ability 
to give generously so that people can have their basic needs for shelter, for food, for clothing, for medical resources, for mental health resources. Lord, release those funds for survivors. Release that provision for survivors, God. Raise up an army. Raise up a community. Raise up a movement that will take care of the spiritual widows and orphans in our midst. Thank you for the honor and the privilege that it is to be a small part of your big plan. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, dear ones, thank you for joining me here at the last day of September. Looking forward to October. We're going we're gonna to talk more about mental health resources in the coming months. And I uh, just look forward to growing, learning, and healing with you. And I pray you will feel held even as you are being healed. Blessings.